But uh, for those of you who don't know, Estonia is in Eastern Europe. It's kind of the northeastern part, right below Finland, off of the Baltic Sea. We do have our eastern border that borders Russia. And so it's kind of a hot zone right now, so to speak, politically and some different things. And, and America is sending in lots of military help to be training all of our guys and all of the cyber warfare and all that stuff that has to happen on the front lines. And so uh, it, it's very interesting as far as that goes. But I'm telling you, I believe God is going to do something very special there spiritually. And that's why I'm there. I believe that's why God sent me there uh, so many years ago. And uh, I've got some pictures here. Are you guys ready for that? Boom. All right. Uh, this right here. This is my church. And I, no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> someday, maybe someday. We'll, we'll do but uh, this, this, is, uh, uh, this is a place where Estonia got together and they began to sing. And, and back in, in 1989, 1990, 1991, they began to sing and just just sing about the, their freedom and sing about who they are. And, and in Estonia, we call it really the singing uh, revolution. It kind of just, we, we came out of that without a shot being fired. We came out of that without anybody having to lose their life. And God supernaturally gave Estonia their freedom as the Iron Curtain fell. And, and they rose up and they said, we are Estonians and we want to be free. And, and go ahead on to some of those others. And this is just some pictures about where I live in, in the beautiful city of Tallinn. But uh, God sent me there. God spoke to my heart in 1991. And he told me uh, to, to, to go to Estonia. And at that time, I didn't even know where Estonia was. You know, they had just gotten their freedom in 1991. Until that time, they were just part of the Soviet Union. And so I just, I found it on a map. And I put my hand on the map. And my heart just broke for the nation. And so I, I just prepared to go. So in 1992, when I graduated Bible school, in June of that year, I took off and I went to uh, Tallinn, Estonia. And, and I'd uh, given my, my heart and my life there. And I just went, not, not as a seasoned minister. I didn't go there as somebody that, you know, I'm here to save Estonia. Uh, I went just like y'all. You know, I was just a simple, just me. And I just said, I'm just going to go and just give my best to God. And God, if you can use me, I'm ready. And so through the years, we, we began to see God do some great things. And I had the honor and the privilege for nine years to be hooked up with a Bible school that was there. And through those nine years, we had over 350 graduates. We, we were able to, to have a minister's training school where today pastors from all over the nation are still uh, out there who have been trained through that, that Damata Bible school that was there, uh, the same school that Pastor Mario and Stacy were a part of all those years ago in Greece. And, and, and so this, this is something that is an, a nation impact. And, and for us, it was beyond borders and beyond walls of churches. Like Pastor Mario was talking about, you know, there's walls that we put up. Sometimes we put up church walls, don't we? And we say, okay, you Methodist, you stay over there, and you Baptist, stay over here, because we're going to stay right here, and we're free, and you all can do what you want to do. And, and, and we have this mentality sometimes of, of this is better than us. But it wasn't like that in Estonia, because they were just Christians. They were just people seeking God, and nobody knew the word, and nobody really had the training under the Soviet Union. You couldn't get Bible training. And so there were some books that were smuggled in, and maybe some tapes that were smuggled in. And this is how pastors got their Bible training. Well, at, through the, the Bible school, we were able to reach Methodists and Lutherans and, 
and, and Baptists and full Gospels and Pentecostals. I mean, the, every church was able to send their people to us because there was nothing else. And so I believe we were the right thing at the right time. And God really blessed our school there. But then in the year 2001, God began to deal with me to start a church. And, or actually, the year 2000, he dealt with me. And so in the year 2001, in January, we started our church. And so 17 years ago, we started our church there in the city. And we we're just so thankful to all that God has done through our church to be able to help to impact that nation. But I believe there is still so much more for us to do. And, and maybe when, when you... Uh, are you flipping? Are you going through? Okay, you've been flipping? Good. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, one of the... the uh, uh, one of the, the things that, that we're really focused on right now is, is trying to get more and more into this generation. How many know this generation needs Jesus? Oh, my goodness. And it's, so, it's, it's a different animal to reach them through social media and some, some of the different things that we have to do. And, and I'm just telling you, this is, this is a time, I believe, that, that God is going to do some great things in this generation. And we're ready with technology. We're ready. We need to be ready through social media and all these different things. So, so I thank God that I'm not in social media, but I have guys that are in social media. I'm not even on Facebook yet. I'm, I'm still taking steps to do that. But my wife is, and she's awesome. So if you guys want to uh, follow us, hook up with Brenda on Facebook, Brenda Mitchell, and, and you can help follow us. She's, she's active on that. But uh, I think th- this, is, this is a real key to reach this generation is we've got to do things different than we've ever done it before. And so we're going to do our best, and I just need your prayers. We need your prayers. Our church is, I think, in a very strategic place right now. And I think I said this last time. I was here just in May, and so thank you for having me back so quick. I love it. Um, but uh, uh, I, I told you in May that, that, we, that only 1% of our nation goes to church on a Sunday morning. Only 1% of our nation says that they, they are believers in Christ Jesus. And, and some people might look at that and think, man, I wouldn't want to go there. That's hard ground. Who would want to? To me, I see that as harvest. Amen? And that means 99% of every people I see on the street, that they could be touched by God. They could be touched by His Word. And they could have their hearts be transformed by Jesus Christ. And so that's why I'm there. And I went over there for six months. And 26 years later, I can tell you God is faithful. Amen. I I thought I would be living here in Longmont. I was going to come back and help my dad with his business. But I just fell in love there and I knew that's where God had called me. And so I'm just so thankful to be able to stand here today and say after 26 years in that nation, we are just beginning. And we just got some things that we're going to do. Amen. And so thank you. And and, uh, uh, oh, when you came in, did everybody get a little magnet from us? That's that's just our little gift to you. We just want to do that so that you remember to pray and that you remember just to to lift us up. And it's it's, it's, uh, just, I I want to do everything I can to change that nation. And so if your prayers can hook together with our prayers, I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer and God can do something for us. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got a message today, and so I want to pray, and then I want to get into the Word of God, and I believe the Lord is going to do something good for us this morning. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I love you, and I thank you so much for this opportunity that you've given me again to, to teach here in New Creation. And Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this place, and that, that you speak to each and every one by your, your power and through your Word this morning. And let everyone have an have a impact and a touch from, from you. And I just thank you that you would anoint me to speak. I thank you that your word is alive and that it would speak through me and that we would be, leave this place today knowing that we've had time with you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, God is so good. Hallelujah.
I got to open up my thing here. All right. Glory to God. Well, uh, go ahead and open your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 20. And we're going to begin here today. Acts chapter 20. Um, you know, I, uh, when, when I took off to go to Estonia, before I left, the Lord gave me some verses. And that's the verses I'm about to read to you. But the Lord gave me these verses and it spoke to me in a deep way. And I believe to prepare me for what it is that the Lord had for me to do in my ministry and to do with my life. Because I had to give up some things to be where I am. But I'm telling you, it was the greatest decision that I've ever made. And, you know, Mario and Stacy can tell you, anything you do to follow God is the greatest decision that you could ever make. Amen? Amen? And so, you know, it's maybe not always going to be easy. Maybe it's not always going to be exactly the way that you wanted things to go. But if you will follow Him, He's going to bless your life and He's going to make you better than you ever thought that you could be. He'll make you a bigger impact than you ever thought that you could be on the people that are around you. But, but the Lord gave me these scriptures, and this was, was kind of fueled me uh, as I left, and it, it has kind of fueled me as I stay. And, and in Acts chapter 20, I'm going to start reading here in verse 22, and I'm going to read a couple verses here for you. And it says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. And that was kind of how I thought. I'm going to Estonia. I don't know anybody there. But I feel compelled by the Spirit of God to go. And, and, and Lord, whatever it is that you want, let it be. And now Paul said something that didn't really apply to me, but I was ready for it. He said, I only know that in every uh, city the Holy Spirit warns me of prisons and hardships that are facing me. And so I wasn't warned of that. But when I read that, I was like, Lord, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I could do whatever. Right? I sold everything I had to go to Estonia, which was not much. And, and, and I said, I'm going, and I believe you can be with me there, and whatever it takes, I'm going to do that. And then it goes on to say in verse 24, Paul, I love Paul's heart. He said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I might finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. This is what I believe God wants me to do where I am. But listen, this is what I believe God wants you to do where you are. This isn't just a verse for ministers. I believe this is a verse for everybody. That this should be our heart. This is the heart of God for the world. Not the heart of God for the church. It's the heart of God for the world. And He wants us to go out and make an impact. He wants us to go out and testify of God's grace in our lives. And so this was my heart when I left. And, and, and I, my, I was thinking, you know, God if, God, if you can use Paul, can you use me too? If you can use a guy that was killing Christians, I've never killed a Christian, God. Could, could, you, could you use me too? And I believe if we will just put ourselves in a place to be used, that God will use you. God will use me because it's not up to us to make things happen. It's up to us to be available to be used by God. And this is what Paul's heart was. And so Paul, he had power in his life. And Paul had power in his ministry. If you don't believe me, just read his story. Follow Paul. Listen to what he faced and listen to how he conquered time and time again. And one of the things I like to do when I read the Bibles, I like to put myself 
in that situation. Put myself in that man's shoes. Put myself in that woman's shoes. And what would I do? How would I react if I didn't know the end of the story? You know, a lot of times we think, well, it would be easy to, to you know, Jesus was in the boat. Why did Peter get upset? He should have just, just rested and slept with, with Jesus. He was there. You know, everything was going to be okay. We say that because we know the end of the story. Right. But then we panic when our boss looks at us wrong and we're thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. Right. And so we're freaking out all day long about nothing. And here Paul was freaking out about something or Peter. I'm sorry. Peter was freaking out about something on that boat. You know, the waves are coming over and he's saying, Jesus, you're sleeping. Don't you care? But we know the end of the story. When you know the end of the story, how many know it's easy to follow God? I mean, whoa, yeah, hallelujah. That's, I'll get there. I could do that. I could, I could be that. I could touch that lady and hair. She could stand up and walk and glory to God. The man could walk and jump and praise God into the temple. I could do that. And so we read these things and we think, yeah, I could, me too, God. I, I could do that. But then we're put in that situation. And how many know when you're in the situation, you're like, ah, oh, God, get somebody else. Right? Like, Lord, send some. Thank you for sending Barry to Estonia and not me. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's how I, it's like, God, do, do it through them. Yes, hallelujah. A lot of times we think we've done our job and we just pray. And we pray for the lost. We don't go reach the lost, but we pray for the lost. And we say, now use pastor. And I thank you, Father, for using pastor. And then when somebody gets saved, we think, woo, God answered my prayer and, and I did my part. No, you didn't. He did his part. You didn't do nothing. Now, prayer helps. How many know prayer helps, right? We need to pray. But then you need to act on your prayer. When you pray for the lost, go get the lost. When you pray for healing, stand on the word and believe God for your healing. When you pray for the finances and his provision, don't back away. Believe God is all that you need him to be. Amen? And so when we get to this place in our life that we, we, we just are, are lackadaisical about stuff and we're letting everybody else do the thing and we're coming to church with our little smile and our holy hands raised, uh, we can get into this place that we are not being who we are supposed to be. And Paul said, my life is worth nothing to me. If only that I could preach the gospel. If only I could tell somebody how much God loves them. How much God loves you. If I could just do that today, I've done my job. And what else is going on around me and all the other things that I'm facing, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. And so everyone around Paul could see that he had power in his life and power in his ministry. And you watch Paul, you could see that he was a man of prayer. He even said, and in, in, in talking to the Corinthians, he said, I pray in the Spirit more than y'all, and I pray more than y'all, right? I mean, Paul was saying, I'm a man of prayer. But he didn't need to tell us that because you could tell by his ministry that he was. Because there's no man who can stand up week after week after week and year after year after year and speak with the power of God and speak with the anointing of God without having a relationship with the Most High. You can't do it. If you're trying to do it in the natural, you're not going to last very long. And you need to believe God for His anointing and His power to come and help you to do what you do. If, you, if you're not a man of prayer, if you don't have that relationship, if you're not a woman of prayer who, is, who knows that Jesus is with you every day, it's going to be real hard to stay faithful and to give your life to the Lord. 
But Paul gave his life to the Lord. Paul said, I want to be who you called me to be. And I want to do what you called me to do. And through prayer and through the the, the power of of the Holy Spirit, we see Paul was used time and time again. And the one thing I love about Paul is you watch his ministry. He got hungrier and hungrier the more, more he went. He got bolder and bolder to talk about Jesus Christ. He got to a place that he would stand up to the other apostles and say, listen, guys, I know that I'm doing what the Lord Jesus has called all of you all to do too. Right? He, he stirred them up and got them thinking, well, yeah, we do need to reach the world. We're not just for, for the Hebrew people. We, this is what Jesus was talking about. Right? And so Paul, he was bold. And towards the end of his ministry, he's standing up and he's speaking to Caesar and to, to the prison guards. and everybody. He, he just got bold about what he had because he was like, it doesn't matter anymore who I am or what you think of me. Let me tell you about somebody who loves you guys. He made it real. He didn't make it religious. It wasn't spiritual weird. It was real. It was powerful. And people's lives were changed. I believe it was the same thing that was on Jesus was on Paul. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. Right? That's all he did. He'd wake up early and disappear and pray. He'd go pray before before. Uh, the end of the day and, and then miracles and miracles and miracles paul was a man of prayer and he had miracles and miracles and miracles if you become someone who has a relationship with god through that prayer that's not just the the power prayer you know that that seven seconds our father's heart in heaven hallowed be the name of the kingdom come will be done on earth as in heaven give us this day our daily bread right and, and then boom you're out of the house and you think that you prayed and spent some time with God because you quoted something by heart like a robot? That's not what prayer is. It's not about uh, Mother Mary help. It's what is what is prayer? Prayer is when you're saying, God, here I am today. Can you use me? Whatever I face today, I believe that you're going to give me wisdom. Whatever I need to do today, I believe you're going to give me the, the strength and the power to do it. And God, I believe that I have opportunities to speak to people about you and about your son and about what you desire to do in this time that we live. And man, if you, could, you could make prayer a powerful prayer in five minutes. I start my day with, with, with not long hours and hours of prayer. I start my day with a couple words from the heart to my God about what I'm going to be doing in that day. And it's a relationship with Him. That's what He's wanting from you. That's what He wants from me. He just wants relationship. And I love Paul's heart. And, his, and the presence of God that was on his life, it just kept growing because his expectation kept growing. He knew what God would do. He knew that God was going to show up. And He changed the world. Now here in Romans chapter 8, if, he, if you could just read one chapter in the whole Bible, I'd read Romans chapter 8. It's my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. Romans chapter 8. But I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because I don't, Mario said I don't have all day. So um, I, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. Romans chapter 8, and verse, we're going to start here with verse 37. It says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How many know God loves you? Amen. And we are more than a conqueror because he loved us. He loved us. And he said, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor, nor neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that is awesome. That should make you all say amen and you missed it. <laughs> all right. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves the world. We are more than conquerors because he loves us. We can do all things because he loves us. Don't you love the heart of Paul? Don't you you just want this to be something that fuels you as you live your life? Man, there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that can separate me. I'm with him and he's with me. And I live to make a difference. This is, this is the way that Christians are to live their lives. We're to have the advantage in life over everyone else that we would meet. We're to have advantage over everybody that we would cross on the street, work with, go to school with. Whatever it is that we do, we have the advantage because He's with us. Walk with your head up. Don't walk with your head down. Don't be quiet about what you have and what you believe. So many times it's easy to go to work and just, just keep your faith to yourself. How many know the devil will tell you to keep your faith to yourself? Go to school and never, your friends never know. You go to church on Sundays, but you're here every Sunday, right? It's easy to hide who we are and keep our head down. But I believe if you, if you get a hold of some of these things that we're looking at here today, you could walk with your head up saying, I've got a, I've got a purpose in my life. God's called me and he loves me and he's with me and I'm more than a conqueror and so it doesn't matter what y'all think. My life's in his hands and I'm going to be bold for my Jesus. And so Paul here, he, he, he had a, a, a great relationship with God and it came through in what he said. It came through in what he did. And what I love about this is that this power that he, he accessed gave him success everywhere he went. The world is a much different place because of Paul. Because he went to where the others were not wanting to go or willing to go at that time. And I believe if Paul wouldn't have gone, God would have sent somebody else. How many of you know that's probably true? But I thank God for Paul. I thank God he was one that said, okay, God, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll risk it all for you. I'll lay it all down for you. I'll go. I'll risk it all for you. I'll go. I'll go. And he changed the world that we live in today. Everything around him was different. He had victory everywhere he went because of the power of God on his life. Now listen, parts of, parts of God's plan for Paul, Paul didn't know. How many know that he didn't know everything was going to happen every time he went into a city, right? It's just like us. He, he serves God just like a, it's a walk of faith. And I, one of the, the great experiences I had, and I don't think you need to go to a place like this, but it's cool when you do, is uh, Mario took me, I, I got to go visit him in his school, and he took me to a place called Corinth. And how many know Paul loved Corinth? He wrote some letters to those people. They were special to him. But I remember we're walking into the city kind of from where the port would have been, and we're walking in there, and I just had this thing of, what if I had to walk into this city for the first time? Nobody there ever hearing about Jesus. And I'm walking in there to tell them 
Jesus Christ has died for all you pagans that are worshiping the Diana and all the other things that they were doing there. And I've got something better for you. I've got the real thing for you. And let me show you. And then with power of the Holy Spirit, he went in there and he preached and he taught and he argued and he delivered a a, a message that, that none of them could resist. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, people's lives were changed. And he said, I came to you and my knees were knocking. He said, but I preached with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And you all know that it's true. Man, it was an amazing experience. I just love that. It's still today something that I, I remember. It's walking into the city of Corinth thinking, man, could I have done that? Would I have been willing to do that? I don't know. Maybe. But he did. And we're so thankful that he took the message to the world. So thankful he took the message to the world. And so Paul, you know, he would pray, oh, God, I'm going to Ephesus. And I know you're going to be there and I know you're going to come with me. Paul, or God, I'm going to, to, to Corinth. Lord, I know you're going to be with me. and I know you're going to help me there. God, now I'm, I'm going to Rome and I, I know you're going to be with me and I know you're going to help me there. Paul lived his whole life. He lived his whole ministry with that connection knowing God was with him. And so it didn't matter what happened, that something good was going to come out of that. Something good was going to be changed in the atmosphere when Paul showed up. And history tells us he was maybe a little shorter guy. And maybe, maybe not the, the best looking guy, but he had power. He had power. He walked into a room and I believe the atmosphere would change. Amen. And you could be the same way. You could walk into a room and have everything change just because you showed up. Walk into your school room, walk into your office room, and people just, you know, when they cuss, they apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I know that you're... Right? I mean, that's, that's when you carry something. It's when you haven't even said anything and people are apologizing to you for their action. Man, why don't we carry more of that? Why aren't we prouder about who we are and what we do? Because the world sure is proud about who they are and what they do. And we're to sit back and just be quiet and humble little Christians. No, we're to be bold as a lion. Amen? We're to go out and we're to do something in this city, in this nation, in, 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 in our lives to give our lives to God. And, and so, so I, I, I want to say something. I'm going to put some pressure on, but then don't worry, I'm going to take the pressure off. Or let me do it the other way. Let me do it this way. I'm going to, put the, I'm going to take the pressure off, but then I'm going to put it back on. You do not need to live your life and fulfill God's plan of God for your life to go to heaven. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do what God called you to do to go to heaven. You don't need to. You could live your life and never do what God called you to do, and you'll still go to heaven if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. No pressure. All right, now let me put it back on. Don't let that be you. Be somebody who will go out into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be somebody who will take the Great Commission and say, God, me too. I want to be used. I want to fulfill what it is that you called me to do. Now, for most of you, it's not going to be go to Estonia. But, man, your heart should be willing to go if God called you to go. Most of you, you might just stay right here in Longmont, Colorado and never leave your job. But, man, God could use you to do things outside of 9 to 5. 
that can impact the city. You can serve, you can give, you can love, you can reach because of your life and because of the power and the anointing of God that He'll put upon you. And, and, and so, you know, I, we, we just lost a, a great general in the church this last week, Billy Graham. How many are thankful for Billy Graham? Amen. He is such, a, such a, a, an example to us of somebody who would go and give his life to preach the gospel. It's a simple gospel. Uh, one thing I loved about Billy Graham is you never left there saying, what did the guy say? What was he talking about? No, it was plain and clear and simple. Jesus loves you. Will you love him? Will you ask him into your heart and life? Because salvation is waiting for you. Just do it. Right? That was pretty much his message in a, one sentence. He just loved people. And he loved God. And he knew that God had a plan. And he is not dead. He is alive. Amen. He is living with the Lord. I love it. I think somebody showed me a quote where he said, if they ever tell you Billy Graham's dead, he's not dead. He's more alive than he ever was. Right. And so I love that. I love that. And so he is he he was our example of somebody who went out and said, I will give my life to him. And for me, my life is nothing. If only I might preach the gospel of God's grace. You can fulfill God's plan for your life. You can do what it is that God called you to do. Here in this church, out there with with the people that you know. You can serve, you can love, you can can be all it is that God wants you to be. And and so, you know, we have, I think, more help available to us than any of us really know in life. But I want to just look at a story here. Paul, he's on his way to Rome. And most of you know this story if you've read the Bible. He's on his way to Rome. They come into a storm. The, the boat's going to crash. It's going to wreck. The Lord shows up and says, it's, you know, Paul's praying, right? He's a man of prayer. He's praying. The Lord speaks to him and says, listen, nobody's going to lose their life. I'm just going to get you all to this island here. And so they show up on the island of Malta. And so I want to pick this story up in Acts chapter 28. And so here Paul, he lands on Malta. And uh, it says, and now near the shore where we landed was an estate that belonged to Biblius, the chief official of, of the island, and he welcomed us and he treated us kindly for three days. Now, how many know that Publius is probably not going to be the name of your next child, right? <laughs> but, but this guy, he was, he was very important. He was, he was somebody who had great influence. And it just happened to be that they washed up near his house. It just happened to be that as they floated on those pieces of wood and swam towards the land, that they ended up and they landed near the chief official's house. And in verse 8, and it says, and, and Publius's father was ill with a fever and dysentery. And Paul went in and he prayed for him and laid his hands on him and he healed him. And verse 9 says, and then all the other sick people of the island came and they were healed. And we think... I, I could have done that too. I, I, could, be, I could be shipwrecked because I'll go to that island and I'll get everybody healed. Right? But how many of you know when you're on a boat and, and, and you know, things are going a little hairy, you're not so happy about that anymore. Right? When you know the end of the story, how easy it is to think, oh, I could have done that. But when you don't know the end of the story, put yourself in that situation. The boat's breaking up around you. It's slamming into the coral rocks. And there's only pieces that are left to float to shore in. You're thinking, oh God, is my life right with you, Lord? Is everything good? 
If I die right now, will I go to see you? Right? You're not thinking, I can't wait to get to shore because who knows what's going to happen next. <laughs> and so here, Paul, he was, he was, he was not, not everything always happened the way that Paul thought it was going to happen. And in your life, not everything is going to go as great as you planned. How many of you realize that? It's, there's going to be things that show up that you didn't know were going to show up. There's going to be things happen that you didn't know were going to happen. And then what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with that? Are you going to stop and blame God and say, Well, God, I thought that you were going to help and I thought that you were going to be there, but I guess not. God, I, I thought that you, you said that you would always be with me, but it seems like... You know, I feel like Jesus, oh, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, we get to a place sometimes, I think, that, that it, it gets a little bit self-centered. Instead of Paul saying, my life is no longer worth anything to me. If only I can do what God has called me to do. And so when he's floating to shore on a piece of wood, he's saying, God, my life is yours. Use me. He, he sh- goes onto the shore next to the chief official's house and he says, your dad's sick? Well, well let me see him. I'm going to pray for him and God's going to heal him. And then people start bringing sick people and all of them are healed and he changes the island. He changes the history of a place because he was with God. Life was not his. God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. And so Paul, he didn't want to be shipwrecked. Nobody does. But Paul knew wherever I go, he goes with me. That's the big difference in your life and somebody else's life that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Is if you live your life knowing he's with me. You could come through 2006, 7, and 8 where it was a disaster in the economy and say, I know God is with me. We're going to come out of this. When everybody else is crying and panicking. And now the economy's booming again, just like we, we all knew that it would. But, but we didn't have to worry like some worried. We didn't have to, you know, we didn't all commit suicide like some did because of the pressures of life. And how many of you know those are real? And you've got to let those go. Like that one song we sang today, I think. You've got to let that go and let him come in and heal that broken heart. Let him come in and give you that assurance that he's with you. And it's not what goes on around you, but it's who you are that really matters. And so here, Paul, he, 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 he didn't like some of the things that happened. He had to, to, to go through hardships like you and I will never have to face. And I'm thankful for that. Paul lived a life that most people will never have to live. But he was a success everywhere he went. He, he did great things everywhere that he went. He just had a real faith in God. And he was there for three months. And during those three months changed this island. Amazing. Amazing, the power of God that was available to those people because one man said, my life is worth nothing to me. One man. One man. That's all God needs to change your company, to change your your school, to change your family. It's just one person to stand up and say, God, use me too. Use me too. Use me too. You know, and Paul, he, he was real bold about his weaknesses and his struggles, wasn't he? And I, I think that's awesome. 
I think for somebody to stand up and say, man, life's tough. And I've been beat. And I've been shipwrecked. And I've been whipped. And I've been imprisoned. And life is tough. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Because He loves us. Because He loves us. I can do what He called me to do. And so, if that's what it takes, then I say, God, me too. I want, I want to be used by you too. I want you to touch me like you've touched them. And, and the more I think that we, we, we learn what we have in Christ Jesus, the more power is going to show up in our lives. The more that you learn what God can do for you, the more you're going to walk trusting Him. But listen, you're going to have to come through some dark times and things that you think are out of control to get to the other side with greater faith and greater confidence and greater boldness and a greater love. It's the difficulties that take us to where God wants us to be many, many times. And there might be a difficulty that you're facing that God might have put you in because he has a purpose. How many of you know that, that that shipwreck, God had a purpose in that. Because that island needed to hear about Jesus. If they just sailed by, that would have never happened there. But God used that situation for something great. And for three months, the word of God was taught and preached and demonstrated to those people. I've come through some situations before where I didn't see the end yet. And all I saw was where I was. And how many of you know you get whiny and complaining to God? And here God is saying, boy, keep going. I've got a plan. It's going to be okay. Just keep going. There's, this is why you're here. Get to the other side and then you'll see how easy it should have been. That's what the whole Bible is. The Bible is stories of people that get there and they whine and then they see God show up and they say, oh, now I see. Right? That's your life really, isn't it? As you look back, the things that you stood up nights seven years ago and, and worried about seven years ago, lost sleep seven years ago, you look back and they seem like nothing now, right? right. You know why? Because your problems today are so much greater. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, that was nothing compared to what I've got to face today because, you know, my boss looked at me weird this morning and, man, my whole world's falling apart. God has a plan for your struggle. God has a plan for your shipwreck. God has a plan for what you did not know was going to happen. You didn't plan on this. How many have got some things in your life that you didn't plan on right now? How many have got some things in your life that you weren't expecting to happen yet? And man, that can be a struggle sometimes in our faith. And I'm talking about being a man or woman of faith and saying, God, I believe you're here with me. Right now right now and i'm walking this out with you right now because i know the end of the story is i'm going to be more than a conqueror through him who loves me and so my life means nothing to me if only i could preach this gospel of jesus christ god wants you to become somebody in your life in his eyes and maybe not in the world's eyes but in his eyes you will be somebody In the world's eyes, who would want to be Paul? 
If I said you were going to be beaten every city that you went to, you're going to be thrown in prison about everywhere you go. People are going to strip your clothes off and, and, and make you look like a fool and, 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 and mock you because of your faith. And, 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 and you're, going to, you're going to go through all these struggles day after day and time after time. Nobody would say, sign me up. I want that. That's, that sounds awesome. But listen, what was Paul's life all about? It wasn't about, you know, the big house on the hill with the three dogs and the white picket fence and the kids running around in the yard. He was a success in the eyes of his father. God loved that man because God could use that man to do mighty things. And when Paul got to heaven, there was a shout. Man, I want you to get to heaven and there to be a shout. Amen? I want you to be able to walk into church and say, look at what I've been able to help God do. And look at an usher and say, he's here because of me. And then look at one of the singers and say, they're there because of me. And then look over in that family and say, that family's there because of me. And, And that woman over there, she's there because of me. Wouldn't that be awesome to get to heaven and have people come up and say, thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you said. Thank you for being an example to me. Our our little nation of Estonia, 1.5 million people. It's not very big at all. And so that means there's not many Christians there at all if less than 1% go to church on a Sunday morning. But my goal is when I get to heaven, there's going to be some Estonians that are clapping for me, that are thankful for me, and they're thankful for you for sending me that we could do something together that we could have never done on our own. I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. But together we could do something great to affect a nation. 1.5 million people. Just think if there's a great move of God and things explode. Man, we could, we, could, we could do great things in a little place like that in a short period of time before Jesus Christ comes. It wouldn't take much at all. And so I'm there and I say, God, I believe you sent me here with a purpose. You sent me here with a reason. You can pray as you look at that little magnet that, that we gave you as you can. Just say, God, I, I want you to use this couple to do something for you. Open up doors for them. Open up doors into this generation that doesn't know you. That they could do something. Please pray for us. We're thanking God and we're praying for you, but please pray for us too. I know God has a plan. And I, I, you know, I've, I've been in many, many places where, where I've heard somebody's testimony and how many know that you could get a lot from hearing somebody's testimony what god does for them and I, when I, a lot of times when i listen to somebody's testimony i think god me too me too have you ever had a me too moment where god where, where god does something in somebody's life and blesses them on their job and you think lord me too and god heals their body and you think lord me too And they get three people saved this week. And you say, Lord, me too. 
And, and, and they, they go out and they make a difference in their life and they, they, they have a relationship with the Lord and you're thinking, Lord, me too. I think we should start our own Me Too movement. I'm serious. Not a political, but a Bible one. Where we look at Christians and we look at the Word and we say, God, me too. Me too. I want to be like Paul too. If God could use me, I go to a nation I've never been. I go to tell people about Jesus that have not heard. And God shows up and he says, okay, I'll use you too. And people actually show up on a Sunday to my church. Can you believe that? And I say, God, me too. I want you to use me too. Speak through me too, Lord. And when you're living in a place outside of America, it's so easy to be reminded of what you're there to do because you're surrounded with people that are not like you. And after 26 years, I'm probably more like them than I am like you. But when you're living here in America, a lot of times it's easy to just kind of forget why you're here because you have everything that you ever would need and you can sit and watch the television 24 hours a day for the rest of your life and never see it all. And it's so easy to lose yourself in the mess. But I've, I, I think that we should put ourselves in a place where we remind ourselves day by day through prayer, through relationship. God, me too. Me too. I, I want to be that man too. I want to be that woman of God too. I want to be an impact too. And, and you know, and, and so I, I, I have this... this I believe that God wants all of us to be a success. How many of you desire to be a success? I think Paul desired to be a success. I desire to be a success. I want to be somebody that God put in Estonia and, and, and he said, man, I'm so glad I sent that one. I want, I want you to be, be somebody in this church that God could look and say, man, I'm so glad I sent that family here because look what they're doing now. Look how they're growing in their faith. Look how they're serving. Look how they're, they're giving. Because you said, me too. Me too. Me too, God. You use me too. Can you use me too? I don't have much, but can you use what I have? And trust me, God will bless that type of a heart. God will bless that type of action. God will bless that attitude where it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Me too, God. Me to God. And so we all walk this out just, just a step of faith, don't we? We all live day by day. We don't know the end of the story. Paul never knew the end of the story, but he believed I can do it because he's with me. I can do it because he's with me. I could conquer because he's with me. And then he began to, to over a track record, be able to say, he's always with me. It wasn't no longer a statement of faith. It was a statement of fact. Man, wouldn't that be awesome in your life if you could say God is with me and not it be a statement of faith but a statement of fact for you? You know how I know? Because he was there and he was there and he was there and he was there and he's here. Statement of fact. 26 years later, I could say without a doubt, God is with me. You know, who do you think you are? No, it's a humble thing to say. Because it's not me. 
It wasn't me that, that has gone and to do the works that we have done. It's him through me. And so I know he's here because I'm not, I grew up in this church. Many of you know me and you would have never picked me to be the one for God to use. I know that. No, it's okay. It's all right. Me too is powerful. Me too can change your life. Me too can change the life of somebody else. That's when things really begin to change. Now, you know, I think it's great to be a me too person. I'm a me too person. I've had my me too moments. I look at people and I say, God, me too. But you know what God really wants from you today? He wants you to become the person that causes somebody else to say, God, me too. That you would be somebody that people would look at and say, God, can I know you like he knows you? God, can I pray like he prays? God, can I walk in the power that he walks in? God, me too. That's when your life begins to make a difference. My life made a difference when I went to Estonia, not saying, God, me too, but when I decided to say, okay, God, use me now. I'm here. Use me now. Me too. You're going to use me too. And then there's a boldness that begins to rise up as you make the walk of faith. And there's things that begin to change in your life as you walk the walk of faith. And then God begins to use you too. God is calling us all to a higher level. And you might think, man, last year I was awesome. I was in church 50 Sundays out of the year. I gave my tithe. I served. And God is saying, I want more from you this year. I want more from you this year. You might think, well, I don't know how I could give more. No, you can do more. I can do more. Pastor Mario can do more. And God is saying, I want you all to step up and do more, that you would become a church that others can look at and say, God, us too. We want that too. We want, oh man, we want to be like them too. And they will look at you as a Christian, as an individual, and they'll say, I want to be like you, Doc. I want to be like you. Be the man and woman that God has called you to be. And the only way you're going to do that is when you have the heart of Paul. That's why I started where I started today. When he said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, Oh Lord, I consider my life worth nothing to me. That's a powerful prayer. He said, if only only I may preach this gospel of God's grace. Success is what we all want. But success is multifaceted. It doesn't always look the same. Nobody would pick to be Paul because you wouldn't look at Paul and say he's a success. In the eyes of God, Paul was a success. So my question for you today is what does success, what does success look like to you 
And what does your success look like to God? Success to you might be, well, if I get my retirement all settled and I get my kids off to school and I get, then, I'll, then I'll be able to. All right, but what does, success, what does success look like to God? That you would lay your life down and say, God, me too. God, me too. He wants to use you too. Amen. Would you stand with me? Are we good? What, what, what time? I'm sorry. What time do I quit? Okay, we're good. All right, would you stand? I'm so sorry. I don't even know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray over you. Father God, I love you. I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for, for your church. Lord Jesus, as you move in this place today and as, as you speak to hearts and as you draw them to, to a place of maybe a, a me too, Lord, I pray that as your spirit moves upon us today, that there are some that are ready to take that step of faith and say, I want to be somebody that causes others to say, me too. And so, Lord, move in this place and touch the hearts of the people who are here. Change the lives of those that you have called into this place to be part of this congregation, to be placed in this city at this time, to be used by you to do great things. I thank you, Father, for a church who loves you. Thank you for a church that loves your word. Thank you for a church that would lay it all down and know that even in the struggle, my God is there. That even in the difficulty, I will come through and I will be better and I will be stronger. My faith will grow. Lord, use us. Use this place. Use this place to continue what you began so long ago. That this place would be the place to reach the world. That this place would be a place to touch families, change lives, and send people to go preach this gospel. The good news. The good news. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church. stand together today and we say me too.